Welcome to the Common Thread Collective here. You've been listening to some music from Brother Spellbinder. Go check them out at the Revolution Cafe on Wednesday evenings. We're here at mutinyradio.fm on the corner of 21st and Florida Streets. You're welcome to come and join us for the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val, and I'm here with none other Diamond than Dave Diamond Dave. as you see. Yeah, Diamond Dave. Happy early birthday, my friend. 81 years on the planet. 
Amazing. And of course, I'm sure I mentioned it several times, but the party will be Monday at six o'clock at Adobe Books as usual. And we have, and here we have Wendy and, and Royal Kent are here as well. I know. Hey guys, From, welcome. Yeah, good to see you again. They're they're in a, a crew, a group, a band called Copus. Copus. And they have that awesome song, um, uh, We All Bleed Red, that single. And then they performed at Peace in the Park last September. And uh, we like to play their song on their show once in a while. It's really, definitely one of the... Uh, one of the songs that rolls through is sort of an unofficial, uh, semi-official uh, theme song for the Common Thread. <laughs> and they have a new piece, too, called Fillmore. Awesome. Which brings me back to when my, my Ubi, well, Ubi was born right there, right off uh, right, right on Fell Street, Fell on Fillmore. And I remember making that walk so many times. Mm-hmm. And wow. here we are again. Hey, Royal. Hey, Wendy. Welcome. So why don't you put some music on? Well, we, we've been listening to Brother Spellbinder. Okay, put some on. Yeah. So uh, Bloodflower is here, and he has his melodica. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to have a a, a, a live, uh, I don't know, in, incantation? <laughs> is that the right word? Uh, invocation. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or just some noise to scare away the bad ghosts. Leave the good ghosts here.
Thank you. That's flower. Beautiful. So cool. Hey, Val, why don't you put on Ubi? Oh, we can do that. Everything is going to be all right. And then we have Copus is going to get ready. We got piano. We got whatever. And uh, they'll be ready and we'll be rolling. Other people are going to be coming through the door as we speak. So take it away. Ubi Ubi. Here we be. Well, another fear free estate right here. There we go. There's Wendy. Oh, it's Ubi's so. Oh, he's just putting Ubi on now. I hear it. 
it's now in the clear, it doesn't mean we won't know one day that we hang on, hang in. Follow the stream right down the sea and look up and see the stars. And hey, brothers and sisters, really see the sky. Thinking short sighters, deaf and blind to the spirit, naysayers, killjoys, wall builders, door slammers, vision slayers, doomsayers. That was a really cool uh, video to to pop up after we watched Ubi on YouTube. Um, you know, we always play uh, Ubi's song, It's All Right. And so I go on YouTube and I type in Ubi 9000, It's All Right, UBI, uh, Ubi 9000, It's All Right. And then... Um, and that just happened to be the next video in the queue. So that was father and son uh, performing together. And... Uh, so I'm going to put the link um, as a, when I post after the show um, about all the cool folks who are going to be a part of the show today. As so much remains to be seen. It's only 3.33. We're going to be going for another two hours. So um, I'll, I'll put the link in there so you can uh, you can enjoy the, the visual uh, as well as the uh, auditory poetry and music of the Whitakers. That was pretty cool, Dave. Yeah, it's about doing more together than any of us can do on our own. 
Absolutely. I know that I, I, I really appreciate when, uh, you know, folks will play their music with my poetry. Um, it really adds a, a, a depth of element to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's just really cool to collaborate with people. Getting on the same page, out of the box, push the envelope. And we have some, uh, some CDs. We have Wendy and Herpes. And we got the two of them together as Copus. Is that right? Is that what's going on now? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you put some of that on, and they'll get ready, and they can, they'll give it some. Yeah. Live. If you if you still need time to get ready, we can play some from the um, CD. So we're talking about. Um, so Wendy Loomis is a pianist, and so um, I've got her album in my hand called High Tech High Touch, which is a two CD album. And uh, Dave, since your birthday is on Monday, um, November 12th, I noticed that there's a track here from the high tech side called the birthday beat. Um, so again, this is a some piano uh from wendy loomis and then she's going to be she's live here in the studio coming up in just a couple minutes
Very cool, Wendy. <laughs> tell tell Wendy's in the studio. Tell us about this album a little bit. I think you have that mic there. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me on this? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So high tech, high touch um, just came from the awareness that we are all very much dependent on and probably obsessed by technology. But at the same time, we are constantly striving to make connections, human connections. So I wanted to keep them separate. So I did one one CD with all electronics, um, except for there's a little violin thrown there. And then the other one is all acoustic piano. So I wanted to, to have them be two different sides of the coin. And being a Libra, it's very Libra album. <laughs> with two separating things and balancing things. Very cool. Very Thank cool. Thank you. And and um, and where can people pick up a? You have a website. Yes, uh, it's on my website, wendyloomis.com, uh, but it's also everywhere: CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify. Um, just type in my name and hit SoundCloud. It, it appears in all places. Actually, it's in the it's in the Grammy contention for. Uh, Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. Wow. In among many, many other thousands of folks. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's fun to be in the game. It's, it's a fun game. Copus has entered our hat in the ring a couple times, so it's always fun to be in the, in the circle. Well, thanks for coming to be here in this circle here, this community Thank circle you. of the it's Common Thread circle. Collective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh, Dave? Indeed. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. It's so good. Do you guys want to play something live now? And then we'll play something from your CDs. How's that? All right. So it's going to be a collaboration. Collaboration. Here, right? Wendy on piano and Royal on the mic. Little track we are, are putting together. Uh, hasn't been recorded yet. But uh, soon will be on our next EP uh, dedicated to uh, San Francisco and to to all the wonderful characters that I've met over the years and, and those that are now long gone, uh, whom I've never met in the neighborhood that we call the Fillmore. In the Fillmore, we're talking San Francisco lore, where music legends lived and worked before, cranking out diamonds, gold, silver, platinum, pearls galore, leaving us always wanting more, like stars that shine forevermore. Their faces are painted against an eyesore. The winds of change are like an open door where you'll find their names always to be remembered, most certain and sure, walking down Fillmore Street. the Fillmore. We're talking San Francisco lore. Miles, Monk, Duke, 
Bird, Charlie Parker, John Coltrane, they wrote the score. Sarah, Nancy, Ella, Billy, Dinah, Louis Armstrong gave us songs to adore. They had Alabama's Elsie's The Favor, the Havana Club, the Long Bar, the Blue Mirror, Jimbo's, Bop City's venues of lore. Now long gone. Cultures coming together, hanging with each other. You had rich and poor. Sounds every night, folks looking right in the clothes they wore, and everybody knew the score. In the film. In the Fillmore, we're talking San Francisco lore, black-owned banks, record shops, bakeries, grocery stores. They had their own Victorian homes. There was nothing they wanted for. A thriving community with an unfinished history redeveloped for some unknown mystery destined to become a metaphor. The Harlem of the West was laid to rest by eminent domain who claimed this is mine, not yours. And today they call it the Phil No More. That was really, oh, wow. Hey, Royal, I remember when we first laid eyes on each other, it was at KPOO. KPOO. I believe it was when, when we were down there on the Thomas Street. Yeah, we had, uh, we had uh, speaking of San Francisco lore, we had one struggle, many fronts, Diamond Dave Whitaker on That was KPOO. it, and, you came, and Leslie Simon. Yeah. You came down with her. Yeah, and some others, and I came out of I came out of the studio, and I said, "Who's this?" And that was uh, that was uh, that was when uh, when what uh, for, when he first came to uh, to KPO, wasn't it? That's right. I I remember uh, the first time I was on your show, Dave, and uh, you had another gentleman there by the name of Dangerous George. And Dangerous George. Dangerous George. Oh my goodness! Trip I wonder if he's still on the planet. Straighter than you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about San Francisco lore is it's full of. But now, uh, but that was uh, that was in the Mission, right? I believe it was on the Thomas Street. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the south, south, south of Market. Now on right. the we were in the garage. Right. You went on the stairs, and also the Chakachanga had a show then. Say she that again. For color girls to get the blues when the rainbow is enough. She had a show then. Yes. And it'd be happening. The Shaka Shanga. For color girls to get the blues when the rainbow is enough. All that. Yeah. And that was like 20 years ago or sure, more. Longer than that. Obviously. <laughs> and here we are right here at Mutiny Radio. Streaming around the planet on the internet. Do you have something else you guys would like to do? It, no. Uh, that, that, uh, Run one more, Wendy. Uh, what about uh, nice? That'll work. 
by the way, we have a show coming up tomorrow called No Fake News Poets and Composers Salon at the Art House and Gallery in Berkeley on Shattuck. Yesterday is gone, only now remains. Tomorrow's yet to come, may we be free of her chains. The only true way to penetrate our target is to set a true aim. For yesterday is gone, well, and tomorrow is yet to come, and only now remains. To move on, to be strong, to return from whence we came. Noble are these in wisdom and in truth, yet here we are now the same. Yes, here we are now as living proof from which our freedom is gained. For yesterday is gone. Well, and tomorrow is yet to come and only now remains. Well, I'm certain you will all agree that it is sometimes very strange the times we'd have it all laid out at once before our eyes to see it clearly and with no pain. And then there are the times we all play the role of the dunce who instinctively refrains from the classroom of yesterday. Yes, and the storehouse of tomorrow to grasp that in which is contained the eternal ideal that we call now. Which is all that remains. To grasp that in which is contained the eternal ideal that we call now Diamond Dave we're talking about right now here and now which is all that remains yeah be sure and come check us out in Berkeley the full band Copus will be performing at the Art House and Gallery 2905 Shattuck Avenue Berkeley California come check us Oh, nice. Uh, that's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, what time? 7, 7. 7 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. The Berkeley Art House is a really cool spot right there on Shattuck. Yeah. Um, who's still, is it Howard um, still running that place? It's Howard, yes. Howard, right? He's yeah. a photographer. Yes. Yeah, he used to be part of the Berkeley Bard back in back in the '60s, right? I'll be darned. You're right. I've forgotten about that. I remember. Yeah, them, it's though. still there. And um, Richard Loringer, amazing poet, he will be there. And there's this duo called Lone, um, guy named Tongo, who does kind of a rap spoken word thing, and he'll have a guest artist musician and Copus. And there's an open mic, so please come and check it out and bring your material. Um, you can also bring your favorite beverage. Yes, they are open. You can bring food, you can bring alcohol. You're allowed to bring things in there. So it's a very welcoming space. So come check it out on Shattuck tomorrow night. 
Thank you. Thanks, Val, and thanks, thanks Dave, Mutiny for having Radio. us here. It's yeah, fantastic. Thank, thank you both for coming. I actually wanted to just ask one more question because you, you handed me a, a cool, like, because I've had the single copus of We All Bleed Red, but uh, Wendy handed me um, the full album called Aspects. But can you explain what copus stands for, where that comes from? Yes, uh, there's many Absolutely. meanings. I'll give you a couple. <laughs> one of them is um, it's an acronym for Creation of Peace Under Stars. C-O-P-U-S. Um, and another is that years ago, um, when I first met Royal, we met at uh, Open Mic uh, Cafe International that's still going. So, um, But he actually, fairly early on when I knew him, had had a dream um, that he was explaining Copus to me and saying, uh, come on, you know Copus. Like it was something like a familiar word, like a chair or a table. I was supposed to know what it meant. So it was so familiar that now it is. <laughs> now it's an entity. Um, yeah, so it was a prophetic dream. Um, so, And then a lot of people say, oh, well, it's like copacetic, which is also a cool short for copacetic. So it has many, many meanings. Well, I'm going to play a track off of the album, which... It's track 11, but it might be the title track called Copus to the World. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Good choice. Yes. <laughs> By all means. Yes. yes. Big dreams. <laughs> all right. Big dreams, y'all. Here we are. I take copus to the world Despite the attacks and knives to the back We take music to the world Despite all of the flat face slaps and traps We take creativity to the world Despite all of the hacks, the bushwhacks and the wisecracks May I recite poetry to the world Despite all of the wars and rumors of wars, we stay positive in the world. Despite all of the closed doors, haters and naysayers galore, I'll take kindness to the world. Despite started from the floor and all of the uproar, this is most certain and sure, you are well loved in the world. the muck and bullets to duck, there's greatness in the world. Despite appearances of being stuck, roadblocks and mountains to move and such, being stranded without a buck, people thinking I'm down on my luck, I don't think it's asking for much to shed some light in the world. And despite the fact that money can tear people apart, courage is not for the faint of heart. To have vision in an industry where there's none itself is an art. Despite all of the moving parts, there is abundance in the world. Give us our piece of the abundance of the world. 
the fact that we poets are the butt of jokes. Spoken word put to music is a hoax. Still, while I am able, I invoke this rhyme and reason in the world. And despite the fact that they try to play me for cheap, only because in faith I take the leap, I'll just have to shout it from atop the mountain peaks, coast to the world. Love in the world. Joy. Wow. So cool. So glad to have you guys here, and you're always welcome. Yeah, thank you. Keep on Thanks co- for being coming here. through. <laughs> we'll stream it around the planet on the internet because we be Mutiny, Mutiny Radio. And on the phone now, Dave, um, we have David Williams, who's been calling in the past several weeks about the Global Peace Council. And then he's joined today by Yamato, um, who's been a longtime peace advocate, um, I believe was perhaps, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, on the uh, original Native American Aim West uh, longest walk to Washington, D.C. back in the 70s. Um, but um, let's, let's, let's confirm that with our guests. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Hey, David. Hey, Yamato. How you be and where are you? Oh, oh, oh my dear, Sean. Yamato. I'm uh, the code of a continent, New Mexico, Taos. Jose. I know that's where you live and have been living for quite some time. And here I am in San Francisco. We're streaming around the planet on the internet. And I'd like, so let's start with you, Yamato. Tell us a bit about what you're about and what you'd like to to put out there to the community, to the planet. Oh, yeah, uh, David. Yes. The important period, just a week and a half ago, and uh, Hopi Second Mesa and uh, uh, Elder Visitor House. More and more need a prayer of the peace, global peace. Beautiful. Well, that's I will pray for all living beings. Uh, all living beings. This globe is our house and the altar. All five elements, earth, water, fire, air, the global community suffering. Just a month ago, uh, First Nation indigenous people the gathering UN. All over the people suffering. Uh, I need to bring back the community, uh, this global vehicle. Uh, this is really important. 
the protector our house and the altar. That's why I pray for the every day, sunrise to sunset. Well, Thank I... you, living grove, all my friend. This grove is everything. Well, that's beautiful. Uh, I remember you, when I first met you. It was on Heath Street, down at the bottom, and oh. I was standing outside my storefront, and you came walking by, and you just come back from you just come from Japan. You just began to learn, learn to learn a little English, and now it's much improved. Oh. Yamato and Felipe Thank and you. David Williams. Thank you. Some Thank you. Some of love. Likewise. Thank you. Oh, my friend. Oh, he, he has dogs now too. He's in. Uh, he's got big dogs. Is that right, Yamato? On the up there on the mesa. The Mesa and winter is coming in. And David Williams, are you still are you still in DC? Are you still in the green spot? No, I'm now in New York on the outskirts of New York City. I'm uh, waiting to go in on Sunday, uh, Armistice Day, Veterans Day, to reclaim Armistice Day, to walk from the Imagine Memorial in Central Park to the United Nations. Today I sent in to the United Nations and the United States mission to the United Nations the Global Peace Plan that we developed during the Global Peace Council in D.C. there in Greenbelt Park. And uh, I, I'm uh, working with Yamato for, um, towards next April. He's, he wasn't on the uh, longest walk, but Yamato was the coordinator for the Long Walk for Survival in 1980 across country that ended in uh, October 31st or November 1st in 1980. That's where we made that first peace poll. And uh, he's been in the Taos now. He lived in San Francisco, as you know, for a long time. And after our global peace walk in 1995 from New York to San Francisco for the United Nations 50th anniversary, he went back every year to Taos to do the Global Peace Walk every year from Taos to Santa Fe in order to bring out the prayer for global peace now as a universal human resolve. That was because the Taos mayor was the first city to offer the proclamation of a global peace zone for the town of Taos. And then later, the San Francisco mayor, Willie Brown, also offered the global peace zone proclamation declaring San Francisco a global peace zone in respect to this prayer, this great cry to the heavens for global peace now. So every year since then, five years later, he moved to Taos, and then Yamato has been conducting with the group there, a different group each year usually, the walk from Santa Fe to Taos from April 8th to April 22nd, Earth Day. Well, next year, the walk is going to go the other direction from Taos to Santa Fe, and then we're planning a big event at the Santa Fe Indian School. That'll be the 50th Earth Day, April 22nd. Not the 50th anniversary, that's the following year, but the 50th Earth Day, planting the Tree of Peace at the Santa Fe Indian School and inviting all the big players in the peace movement, the spiritual leaders that we can get there. Yamato's made strong connections with the local community and the spiritual leaders, the, especially the indigenous people of all the different pueblos around there, and also with the politicians 
He's gotten every year a proclamation from the Santa Fe mayor of a global peace zone for the city of Santa Fe. And then this year, the April walk, they got a proclamation mentioning this global peace forum, which is the big lead up for the year 2020, from October 24th to 31st in the year 2020. We're planning to have a global peace forum in Santa Fe with the cooperation of the city and all the people. And Yamato's convinced that he can bring together the Dalai Lama and the Pope for the first time in person together at this event next in uh, 2020. And the reason is because there's a very strong Catholic community in Santa Fe, and there's also a very strong Tibetan community. And, of course, you may already know that Yamato was the liaison for Thomas Pinyaka on numerous occasions over his the last decades of his lifetime between him and the Dalai Lama, and they arranged several uh, meetings and ceremony over the years, the last one being in October of 1991 when the Kala Chakra ceremony happened over several days in New York, and uh, that was the time the Dalai Lama got the Nobel Peace Prize, and during the last day of the ceremony, the big cathedral uh, he begged off, the Dalai Lama did, because he was tired because of all the press pestering him over the Nobel Peace Prize thing. So he put Thomas in the middle of the ceremony, then Yamato escorted them to Thomas to all those events, and then at the, after that, he took Thomas Banyaka to the eastern door of the United Nations and, and met there the Secretary General Secretary, to where Thomas was able to give the Secretary General Secretary the little eagle feather, the prayer feather that Banyaka was given in 1948 by his elders with the mission to fulfill this Hopi prophecy about opening a door to the house of Micah. This is, of course, the United Nations, but they didn't know that at the time. In fact, John Voigt speaks about this on our video, the Rainbow Uprising campaign. People can find that on YouTube by that name, Rainbow Uprising campaign. And that's where we had the Tree of Peace ceremony and with Jake Swamp at the UCSB and walked across campus and installed the Hiroshima Peace Flame on the Eternal Flame Monument, and that was carried across the country. And then we got Thomas to meet with the president of the General Assembly there outside the United Nations talking to the walkers, and that led to this eventually in 1992 with all the Columbus Day anniversary stuff going on the U.N. decided to make 1993 the year of the indigenous peoples. And so on those auspices, they were able to have December 10th, 1992, 81, 82 indigenous leaders from around the world came to the U.N. And about a dozen of them spoke for the first time to the General Assembly in history at that time. And, uh, you know, Thomas and the others mentioned the, the United States, the United Nations is committing an error by ignoring the natural law, this inviolably sovereign law that everything operates by, like the law of gravity, and if they don't get with it, then there's going to be more civil strife and wars and all this, plus there's going to be more natural disasters, because that's how close the mind of man is to the nature, the natural world. And while Thomas was speaking, a big rainstorm started brewing, and overnight it rained so hard, the next day when he pulled together the 82 elders to a prayer circle before they went home, right after they got started, the lights went out in the United Nations, the power stopped, the rain 
was so heavy it flooded the basement, and the guards came and said, oh, you got to leave. It's, the lights went out, and they said, well, we're not afraid of the dark. So they all lit their big lighters and continued around the circle. By the time they finished the circle, the rain stopped and the lights went back on. And Yamato was there to witness all this. I'm repeating what I heard from him. So this is just an indication of how, I mean, you might say it's a coincidence or serendipity or synchronicity or something, but that's how the law of nature works, by coincidence. So this is, a, to me, an emphasis of his message that we straighten out the, the leadership, the people, get them, everybody hip to the natural law, the law of nature, the cosmic law, as I would call it, or the Myoho and the Namo Myoho Rengekyo, this wonderful oh, law. Then everything will calm down. Not only the unrest and the wars, but also the natural disasters will calm down. So these are the kind of messages that we want to bring. We know the United Nations isn't doing its job. We want to focus back on the return to the original vision of the United Nations Charter. These days it's just turned into another, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it's not doing its job. It's just helping the, it's not stopping the wars, it's just, and you know, it's not helping the indigenous people, it's just putting them, giving them a venue to David. get nothing done. David, yeah. take a deep breath. I say just by chance, not uh, too likely. We're connected. Let people know uh, when we sign off. Thomas Binalka is a Hopi guy. He's a Hopi prophet. He brought it to the Rainbow Gather, the Rainbow Gathering, the vision. Is that right? Thomas Binalka was the official Hopi interpreter commissioned in 1948, and one of the elders that he represented from the different villages of the elders he represented was David Manungay, the elder who came to the Rainbow Gathering in 1977 and uh, explained to the people about how the Rainbow Mission, the universal love, fit into the Hopi prophecy. And uh, Feather does a nice job of explaining all that. Feather, uh, I was about to say, more sisters needed. That'd be our sister Feather. Uh, Felipe is also involved. We'd be connected and interacting and intersecting. And so, David, uh, that's a lot to that's a lot to remember, a lot to put down there. I want to thank you for calling. You're being heard around the planet on the internet as we speak. Is that right, Val? That's right. We're connecting people and getting out the word and we're happy to to host your words and, and their messages and and help those uh those connections of coincidence you know materialize and and connect through the common thread conventional thinking. i wanted to wish you a, i wanted to wish you a happy birthday diamond babe i know monday on november 12th is your 81st birthday 81 years on the planet oh I found out today. I found out today that you share that birthday with a very prominent personality, born exactly that day, 120 years before, was the man called Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i religion, and it was his uh, name sounding so much like the Hopi word for Bahana that got the two writers to write that book called Warriors of the Rainbow. And uh, that's been an inspiration to a lot of people on this mutual prophecy fulfillment thing over the years. So David, we're all connected. I'd be Sufi, like Rumi and Hafiz, which is another, uh, we have the Baha'i. 
We are the roomies, Sufis, and we're all connected and doing more together than any of us can do on our own. So, hey, David, uh -huh. hey, Yamoto, thanks for calling. You're being heard around the planet. Yeah. All related. And anybody wants to find out more, they can go to the... United Nations. Okay. United Nations, the nation, people to people. All related. Protect our future and our life. Thank you, all my friend. Now, please check out the Facebook page called Great Spirit Relay. All run together as one word, Great Spirit Relay. That's where the Global Peace Plan and all the information I mentioned is listed. Thank you, Diamond Dave. Thank you both. Thank you for calling calling into the Common Thread Collective today. Of course, we're being heard around the planet, streaming around the planet on mutinyradio.fm. The show will show up on our in our podcast archive under the Common Thread Collective. Today is November 9th, 2018. Wow, Dave. Wowzies, what? Wow. There's so much going on. So much going on. Oh, my goodness. Hey, David. Hey, Yamoto. Many, many good memories. Here we be still on the planet, still carrying on. Take it easy, brothers. Right on. Well, the sisters step up. Right on. Well, as Diamond Dave steps out, I'm going to remind everyone and invite everyone to come on down to Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street on Monday, which is November 12th. It's actually Diamond Dave's actual birthday. He's turning... 81. So I, as of last year, I've been calling him a rock degenerian. And uh, so we're going to have a party over to Adobe Books, show up as early as 5 o'clock. It's going from about 5 till 8. Um, food for the body, mind, and spirit. If you want to bring something to, to put on the table, that's fine. Or if you just want to bring yourself, that's great. Stop by. Uh, there'll be kind of a rolling, roving open mic, as Dave likes to host. So uh, if you want to bring some music or some poetry or a few uh, words, um, May they be kind and uh, come on through and everybody get together. And uh, featured, as we last year, was Trio Cambio. Right now they be Cambio. Change. That's right. Cambia. Because they're all the, the, the divine feminine in there. Uh, yeah, the, so Trio Cambio gained a fourth member, so they could no longer be Trio. Um, and Quattro Cambio, sound, I don't know what their uh, exact thinking was, but that might be a little bit of a mouthful. Um, but Cambia is... Uh, uh, the feature featuring at Diamond Dave's birthday party, and they were a hit last year. Um, they actually started singing some of Diamond Dave's uh, tropes, if you will, like uh, "Don't Panic, Keep It Organic." Um, that was a great, and everybody started singing along with that. So, um, Diamond Dave's birthday party always a great time. Come on down to Adobe Books Monday, November twelfth, starting at five, um, getting real, really getting cooking at six, and then ending at eight. I believe. I believe. I believe. Spirit. That's right. And also, you know, when you come down to Adobe Books, there's such a, a cool uh, bookstore and collective, and, and they're really um, involved in the community. Um, they always have been, even when Adobe Books was over on 16th Street for years and years and years. Um, a real great community resource, people who really care. Um, so come on in, you know, buy a book. Um, they've got so many cool things that you can uh, check out there. Um, so support your local bookstores. Um, but of course, this event is free. So just you can just come on down and hang out. No stress. Um, and, uh, and, and enjoy community. With that said, I'm going to play some more music from our friends of 
Copus. No, wait. Uh, who do I have here? Oh, I've got Wendy. Wendy's CD is in. So that's, that's playing along. So Wendy Lewis off of her album High Tech High Touch. This is off the high tech side.
cool music from Wendy Loomis. Very, very cool. And that's off of her high-tech side. So when, uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll switch the CDs. and Because, um, yeah, we have CD players here. This is Mutiny Radio, don't you know? Uh, vinyl available, too. Um, so if you have music that you would like us to play, you can reach out. Um, if you've made a CD, if you've pressed some vinyl, you could send it to Mutiny Radio. Attention. Common Thread Collective or Global Val and we or Diamond Dave and we'll open that piece of mail. We will see your album in there and we'll say right on, let's play it. So um, just so you guys know, Mutiny Radio, if you want to send anything to us, whether it be music or a love letter or um, a check, I don't know. Um, do people still write checks? I do. Uh, the address here, or if you just want to come visit which would be great. That, that'd be the best thing. We'd love to have you to come down and join us in person. Uh, we're at 2781 21st Street here in San Francisco, California, 94110. And uh, yeah, right here at the corner of 21st in Florida. Hey. Hey. Val, look who's here. I know. DJ Rubble. DJ hey, Rubble. What's hey, up? Hey, am I on? You right. are DJ Rubble, our friend from Berkeley Liberation Radio. Good, and you have some announcements to make, like you do on a weekly basis here. I a bi-weekly do. basis. Let's see what you have to say. I've brother. also been observing the world. I was sitting out there listening to Val do broadcasting after I had just um, watched a few streams of Democracy Now and this idiotic corporate press harassing back and forth with um, Donald Trump to the point where he was harassing back at them and then screaming that they were that the free that them and the free press were the most vital thing on earth and it's the most bought and paid for corporate press imaginable just collaboration of disasters so if you were corporate press you wouldn't be you <laughs> that's right <laughs> but to be in a place like this where well before you hop into it their own thing yeah i do, do want to mention that the uh, the democrats didn't win the house and uh, much of will be stepping up. Uh, I expect to hear soon uh, uh, Trump's uh, Trump's uh, tax returns uh, should be should be returning soon. There's a bunch of other things they can ask for. Is that right? Um, that may be right. It's not my primest concern. How hard they go after Trump, it's my primest concern that they stop the policy juggernaut and just destable him and start really getting with it themselves and being able to take over one wing of the House puts them on neutral ground. But after reading an article in the New York Times at length about from Nancy Pelosi, who we know all too well out here, I believe... These two parties have had more than enough of each other, and they plan. They may be planning on just going after him whole hog, one way or another. I believe they whole hog, whole hog. That they believe they believe unbridled nature. That they believe they're under attack. They've been such under attack lately, and these. You know, this is a cor- this is a corporate monopoly that needs to be broken up. But I did want to talk about the San Francisco. Yes, let's talk about San Francisco and the state, so that I'm just not bashing the system. <laughs> um, it's okay. You know, we have a problem with the mayor, 
and it almost worked. It would have been the same hypocrisy as since 1991, where we have the obviously worst homeless problem in the wealthiest city, the most expensive city in the world, with all this corporate money and everybody saying that they're trying hard to care and compassion, progressive, everything else, and London Breed came right out because of the corporate money coming in, making up some phony excuse why this should lose, and apparently the, um, and all this hip money and stacked pieces in the Chronicle about how far behind the right side of that is to try to discourage people from voting. And then there was a whole big pile of corporate money that came in against the dark money, and it turned out it won well. But the other bigger issue is I believe the final counts aren't in, but that in each supervisorial district race, the better candidate for the people won. And they're talking about, it's not black and white, but they're talking about a progressive majority. Yeah, or a super majority of sorts. That, that's the word I've heard thrown around. I would say there's up to seven who are willing to often vote the people's side of the politics. There's a couple others that they call moderates, like one whose name is Safai. But he's not, he's not rigidly ideological on the corporate side, back and forth. The biggest ones were that um, we've had entrenched politicians put into the sunset with just this dismal corporate voting record, and they tried to replicate it by putting up a woman named Jessica Ho, who was the aide to the person coming out, and the right. labor activist, Marr, whose brother was... Eric Marr came in and just took it. Yeah, he did from her with stronger campaign and stronger issues. Well, he just—I mean—and he also has so much more credit to his to his name uh, in the city and in the sunset. Whereas Jessica Ho, you know, albeit working for Katie Tang, and honestly, I mean, I'm a District Four uh, resident, and Katie Tang actually did a really good job. I, I actually appreciated her. Um, she was very communicative and very open. She had kind of an open door policy. Um, and uh, you know she she made she she got behind some kind of smart legislation uh, while she was there. But that district uh, has just been handed over time and time again, where they'll just appoint someone or step down and put up the heir apparent. But this time it just didn't work because Jessica Ho, you know, I'm I'm sure she's a, a, a you know a fine person in her, in her own right. But you can't expect to move not only just to San Francisco, but you can't expect as a Sunset native, you cannot expect to move to the Sunset in in March and then go and represent the Sunset at, at City Hall in in November. Like that's not how the Sunset works. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting at. What you're describing her has is she's a very professional woman. Yeah, absolutely. But that Katie Tang's that office the, has been running really well. But the other the other man Mar, I'm forgetting his Gordon, first name. Gordon, Gordon Mar. Yeah. The issues he was bringing up and he was doing effective door knocking and communicating mm-hmm. were the issues that are needed. They need housing. They don't need professionals out there that are paid to say no affordable housing in my backyard, all corporate housing, we need more housing. 
And let's not really focus heavily on the homeless because all of this gentrification is affecting most of the people out there. So I believe the paradigm shifted a little bit. And in South of Market, mm-hmm. the I believe easily better candidate Matt Haney won pretty well despite negative press. And these other ones, Sonia Trouss, they keep calling her part of Yimby, yes, in my backyard. Right. It's a controversial group with a somewhat confused message because they're saying on the positive side, stop letting these wealthy communities just say no low-income housing. But they're also saying let developers build everything they want and don't get in the way of that. And that's how you build that. That's how we got in trouble. And the other one, Christine Johnson, I think showed her true colors in a prior office with a lot of controversy. And in Bayview Hunter's point, Shaman, I don't remember the last name. Now, this one may be the better of the two between the runner-up. It sounds like it can go either way. I worked in the in the Bayview around housing 25 years ago, and he, he's articulating what's needed there, affordable housing, service for the homeless, and transportation. But there's controversy about whether he's more corporate or whether he's more with the people. Hmm. And that's always been the issue down there. But what, uh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. What I'm saying is he may be, he may be good and he may be pretty good. I don't think any of them are ones that are just chasing the corporate money. Were there any, was there another race? Well, just, it was, um, well, all the even numbered districts. So district two, um, uh, um, Stephanie, Supervisor Stephanie, Stefani is her last name. Um, oh, so she she was yes. the she was the um, aide to Mark Farrell um, when he was the supervisor of District Two. He got appointed to be the mayor. He appointed her as supervisor of District Two, and so she was appointed. And then this time she ran and she won that that position. That's interesting. I happen to know the dynamics of that neighborhood well because I worked there at a time and did other things there. The person that she beat, he's got a long last name, starts with J. Josephowitz, yeah. Yeah, he was on the BART board, a rich man, a wheeler dealer, difficult ethics, Yes, and sounds like a political carpetbagger. Now, I have not um, actually met or heard Ms. Stefani, but... When she has been interviewed about what she mm-hmm. stands for and who she is, she sounds pretty straight up. Yeah. And yeah. she's... She's a parent, you know. I mean, she's she's like a... You know, she's certainly involved in her, in her community and, and things like that, you know. She's not just from somewhere else trying to do... The thing she's wanting makes sense up thing. there. People are very, very disturbed about crime there because mm-hmm. there's not a high crime rate, but there's a significant violent crime rate up there. And transportation systems don't work up there. <laughs> it's few and far between. And they do prefer to sweep the streets out of homeless, but she's more saying that she wants to focus on homeless solutions. So she she may well be a person who could go either way 
on issues, but not not like Mark Farrell, where he's just an entrenched corporate person. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it's really disappointing with Mark Farrell because he was the one who proposed Proposition Q two two years ago. I think it was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Might have been twenty. I think it was twenty sixteen. Might have been twenty fourteen. I lose track of time because I feel like Mutiny Radio is some sort of you know like weird vortex uh, that just keeps on trucking. Um, so I've been talking about this for so long here, but um, Proposition Q was put on the ballot and it passed in San Francisco, which which like effectively banned um, tents on the streets and it would allow the city to move people along as long as they offered him some alternative. But as we saw within the first few weeks of him being appointed mayor, that he implemented that uh, you know, almost right away. But what they did was they showed up at like four or five o'clock in the morning with the police and the DPW told people, well, you can leave or you can go, uh, to the shelter bed. That's really just a, another like, um, emergency mat on the floor at the shelter. You can only bring like two bags of your, of your, you know, belongings. Um, and basically you gotta get out of there and they could stay in the shelter for seven days. So it was absolutely, although it was technically offering the alternative that's built into the law of prop Q, that's not actually doing anything for anyone if they have to choose between leaving all of their earthly belongings behind that's going to get swept up by dpw just to go sleep on the floor of a shelter for seven nights so you know she's coming out of that office um so hopefully she's got a little more compassion and and is starting to open up as i feel like so many other people are i feel like the city has to make that sort of um you know paradigm transition of like the way that we think about how how we're supposed to help um, alleviate the homeless, uh, you know, the myriad of homeless, you know, stories and situations on our streets. Um, but certainly that 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 new thinking wasn't unfortunately coming out of the mayor's office this time. Now that yeah, we have our next show is coming out at the end of November. Is that right? That's right. November thirtieth is our next edition of the common thread collective so not next week and not the friday after thanksgiving but the last friday of this month let's see if we can reach out and invite gordon meyer and his brother the meyer brothers who are definitely progressives who i'd like to see in here let's invite them to come by for conversation should we do that could we do that I, I know we could well let's do that we could certainly extend that invitation extend that invitation um, yeah, that sounds good. Well, but let's do at, it. But at any rate, I think this Catherine Stefani Catherine. Is, um, per, is putting herself out as a professional person. Mark Farrell has an investment firm. He was absolutely in the pocket of the real estate industry. He was not in the pocket of the tech industry. And he got in by some controversial big money donation the last couple of weeks of his runoff hit pieces on another entrenched politician. Um, the other way, they challenged the ethics of that over and over again. He was eventually fined. He never should have mm. been in there. He's in the pocket of the real estate well, industry. And the Chinese Progressive Association, which is quite a different cup of tea. Ho, ho, ho. So let's invite them to our next show at the end of the uh, end of November. Let's do that. I'd be glad to hear. Um, um, Eric Marr was well spoken, and um, they're both well spoken. You know. 
Yeah. I've spoken to their brothers. I'm not feeling too well. I have to go out. All oh, right, Dave. Okay. Yeah, so there, I think what I'm saying is there's a little bit of a paradigm shift right now in what people are asking for and people are demanding. Mm-hmm. What you were talking about, I characterize it cynically because Mark Farrell used to write these articles for that saying that this was all about care or compassion when it obviously wasn't. And there's been an entrenched um, set of characters in here. The man from the Castro, who's Wiener. Yeah, Scott, Scott Wiener. Wiener. Yeah, who's now the Eric, state. I, um, the mayor now, London Breed, mm-hmm. who are in the pockets of the real estate industry. They're also in the pockets of the tech industry, but they're particularly in the pocket of the real estate industry, and it's corporate development at every cost. And as far as getting approval for projects in this city that are supposed to they're public agencies. They're supposed to be evaluated for their worth in the community. Mm-hmm. It had come down to a checklist of five things that a developer could hand in that showed that it was a legitimate project. And so the whole city has just, every time they put a luxury housing thing up, whether it's 5% or 20% set-aside affordable housings, they've overhauled the whole neighborhood. Right. The small businesses and people serving businesses get pushed right out for restaurants, bars, and boutique shops. And um, And so people who champion themselves for getting a certain percent of affordable housing in there, they've just grabbed whatever small amount of set-asides is available from that. And it seems clear to me and a lot of other people, given the choice of not putting any government-funded, fully affordable housing projects up, they'd have been better putting no news no new housing in than piles of luxury housing because they're bringing wealthy people in from other places. They're bringing jobs in compared to housing at like eight or 10 to one. And most of the housing is out of reach of the people who have the jobs anyway. A lot of these are like second home or investor homes for wealthy people. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, like a lot that, of those towers down by the Bay Bridge, you drive by yeah. at night and the majority of it is dark. You know, this isn't, this isn't housing, so to speak, you know, for, <laughs> for the population. The Filipino population's being cleared out of south of Market around that fifth development. They fought this thing tooth and nail, and it's all in. There's these projects are going up everywhere, and everything. There's even a little funny kind of a rock and roll rebellion when the Hemlock Tavern closed down. Oh, yeah. And a whole string of bands came in, starting from this loud, raucous band, the Slashers from New York City, just (laughs) decrying how, you know, you can't even have a do-it-yourself rock or artistic lifestyle without some of this stuff coming in. So, in other words, that whole mindset in the Board of Supervisors that we have to have 
development. And as far as homeless, whatever, it was all about smoke. What I'm saying, I'm, r- I'm really off on them because I've been around this forever. It's smoke and mirrors about how much they care and what they want to do. And again, they did put a certain amount of supportive housing in there mm-hmm. that probably has kept the homeless numbers at the same level, level, Mm -hmm. but they've lost more housing than they've put in because so much of it has been sold off and bulldozed to hotels and everything like that. Mm. And they have not, they've put these units of supporting housing supportive housing in for people with dual diagnosis needs, but they haven't put in a whole slew of low income and affordable housing for everybody who's marginalized out there. So someone, you know, people that are working full time on minimum wages and stuff like that can live in housing. So it's, so it's always like PR that they have a lot of compassion and then when they do the sweeps and all of that it's PR around that they're helping yeah yeah so it's all shifting now I think it's gone too far that even the corporate workers the tech workers the so-called moderates aren't are just not buying these these stories anymore because it's so obvious so I hope it's a I hope it's a sea change. What do you think? I, I think I think it's I think you're right because I feel like, um, you know, it, it, it's almost like our, our federal politics as well. When things become so starkly, you know, so starkly clear, and then you kind of stop believing all the BS, <laughs> you realize, oh wait, no, that's just no, no, that's in, that's that's just blanket insincerity right there you know like I feel like a lot of the old ways of trying to craft policy and public image and all these things I feel like those are kind of you know kind of you know sloughing off a little bit where people are just unwilling to buy it anymore and you know I still want to believe that a lot of these folks whatever you may call them in in San Francisco moderates I mean obviously we're not some crazy white wing place, you know, like even like the moderate Democrats are like demonized as like these far reaching, you know, like anti-population people. I really, I don't believe that so much, but, um, (laughs) it's certainly, uh, I feel like we, we've seen the failure of the city and the city government over time, over decades, uh, to bring it to a point where, uh, yes, there we need housing, um, not only for people who are on the street um, or without a home, who may be low income or may be working full time but on minimum wage, but also people who are making a decent wage, people who are public servants, our firefighters, our teachers. Um, so now it's become so, the problem has become so, um, you know, it's, it's like a traffic jam, you know? So then you have this conflict between or this struggle between City Hall, where you have people who like like our mayor, who, who said, well, if we're going to build more housing, but we need to make it more inclusive for people of different income brackets. And you're like, actually, that's true. Because if you have a couple of teachers who are married, and they're each making like $60,000, $65,000 a year, you put them together, they're making $120,000 a year. Like, 
in San Francisco now, that's not very much money, which is crazy. You know, it's just crazy. So you do need more housing to, you know, you need that level of, of inclusivity to include all of these different income levels. Um, but I think that what, what you were talking about is like what we're seeing so much more than, than that is all of these luxury uh, developments and, and, and office buildings and things and all the, you know, District 6 loves to complain that everything falls on them and they've had all of the most construction in the past you know decade, the most development. It's like, well, yeah, but it's been so much business and you bring people in and you don't create housing for the people who are coming or you don't offer jobs to the people who are there. So it's it's a really, I mean, we're, we're in a tight spot in san francisco right then you have people you have people with cheaper housing can't point to anyone you have people with cheaper housing way out of the urban dynamic but there's no jobs there's no health care system there's no social system yeah like san francisco has like the the healthy san francisco program or various things like if you're part-time worker in san francisco you can and your company or whoever you work for doesn't offer you health benefits you get you get a they have to pay into um, a healthcare reimbursement fund. So there's benefits to living in San Francisco and to work in San Francisco. Um, but yeah, the further and further people get pushed out. I mean, even the even several years ago when John Avalos, who was a big advocate for us for Poems of the Dome for many years, um, he you know he was a real getting really behind the the local hire ordinance which the city adopted and that was really focused a lot more on like the construction and things like that of making sure that 50% of the people that you hire for the jobs are actually local residents of San Francisco but you know n- nobody really got behind that they never really pushed to make it a reality and now so many of those people who would have benefited from that you know 10 years ago 8 years ago don't live here anymore because they can't afford to live here. It's like this big, like total mess in a way. I what, don't know. Yeah, what's what's happening? You're getting health and human service workers. You know, um, yeah, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. People who need degrees, master's degrees. Now, I went into a union meeting in San Francisco, SEIU. Mm-hmm. There must have been 40, 50 workers. And so the organizer announced me as working in another city and living here. And everybody just gasped. Mm. They said, what? And every single person in that room did not live in San Francisco. And that is this salary range. And in Oakland, where I'm working in really rough and tumble district. It's the same thing. Some are going homeless. They're losing their their apartment in East Oakland. Many, especially non-white people, are coming down, down from Vallejo mm-hmm. on major transit routes, Antioch, um, different suburbs for different racial and ethnic groups, all in these monster commutes because... They've got a fifty to one hundred thousand dollar job, and if they commute to, you know, if they're able to commute yeah. to counties away, they might be able to pull ends to meet. And what does that do for all these homeless and low income people, you know, living around this area, trying to do that? 
and let's see what we can do. Uh, we're, we're at the end of uh, end of November. We're going to be having our next show. Is that right, Val? That's right, November thirtieth. Okay, let's bring a few of these folks in, like the Meyer Brothers and the uh, Progressives, and uh, and see what they have to say and how we can go, where we go from here and get on the same page. How's that? Well, that sounds otherwise, great. Okay, yeah, let's do it. We'll see what we I can do. These I'm upset. Other, these other two, Hillary Ronan and Sandra Fewer, are yeah, doing they, exceptional jobs. They are. Well, Hillary to is. They, yeah, they and they've and they've been here before um, when they were running a couple of years back. I hosted on Women's Magazine. It was it was Mothers for Supervisor um, because <laughs> Sandra Lee Fewer, Hillary Ronan, and then um, Kimberly Alvarenga, who was running for District Eleven, but didn't. She's the only one of the three that didn't win. Uh, and John Avalos is working for that union now. Right. That's what he's doing. So let's start making some connections. Otherwise, you just go blah 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 blah. So I think enough said for now. I have to lie down a bit. I'm, my stomach is really hurting. Oh, fair enough. But uh, enough said. So let's uh, have it to be continued. Is that right? All uh, right. Uh, All right. See you next, uh, the next show it's will a, be when? It's a pleasure walking wonk, uh, around with you, uh, DJ Rubble, from oh, Berkeley, Ber- Berkeley Liberation Radio. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Wow. All right. So Decom- let's put some music de- on. little decompression session. Decompression. Oh, man. I don't even know what kind of music to play after all that. Good. Um, I, have an, I have an idea. Um, you know, but just to remind everybody, uh, of course, on Monday, November 12th is Diamond Dave's 81st birthday. Be Come on out to Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, food, food for the body, mind, and spirit. Potluck and open mic featuring Cambia. Um, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. And, you know, with all of these uh, pol- you know politics of the past few years that have been, you know, kind of crazy and up and down and lots of lows and lots of highs, we can celebrate something that you know happened uh, not too long ago the best 
folks thanks for being a part of the common thread collective today here at mutinyradio.fm it's november 9th 2018 our next show will be november 30th and then in december december 14th and december 21st so four well after today three more shows in 2018 dave you came back in i did i did i just wanted to bid everybody adieu and say i hope to see you monday at Adobe Bookstore, because that's where we're going to be. All right. That is where we're going to be. So um, just to kind of recap the show, because I did a little bit of this on Women's Magazine today. Um, obviously, we just came through the midterm elections across the country. Uh, there were... There were 250 women who were on the ballot, 117 women won office, reshaping America's leadership, um, a lot of firsts, um, two, the first two Native American women at the same time uh, to join Congress. Um, that'll be um, Democrats Sharice Davids um, from Kansas and Deb Holland from New Mexico. Um, and... Uh, the f- What's that, Dave? Yeah, the first the first Muslim women um, to to be in Congress, uh, Rashida Talib, who I met. She's from Michigan. Um, I met her here in San Francisco a few weeks ago. She came for the She the People Summit that I went to. Um, and she'll be also the first Palestinian American woman to serve in Congress, um, along with uh, Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar. 
um, from uh, Minnesota's 5th District. Uh, she's not only uh, among the two first Muslim women ever in Congress, but she's also the first refugee uh, who's going to be in Congress. Um, we also have the youngest woman ever elected, of course, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York's 14th. Um, the first uh, black woman from Massachusetts, uh, Democrat Ayanna Presley, who is a Boston City Council member um, who ran against a 10-term Democrat incumbent and won handily uh, in the in the June primary. Um, I interviewed her, uh, not her, but her uh, senior advisors on Women's Magazine back in, at the end of September, I believe it's September 21st. So that podcast is, is there in the archive. Um, the first women, for, uh, first House members, uh, women House members from Iowa, um, the uh, first Latina Congress members from Texas, um, first woman governor of Maine, first woman governor of Iowa, first woman senator from Tennessee, first woman governor from South Dakota, uh, first woman senator from Arizona. Um, the list goes on and on. And uh, so the, the they talked about a blue wave going for Washington. Well, they took back the House, um, but I, I don't like to put colors or labels, um, but there's certainly a wave and the wave is of change um, and it's coming and more representative voices are going to be um, looking out for uh, the greater good, hopefully, um, as a lot of these candidates are total grassroots candidates um, up, you know, from the from the bootstraps and, you know, the they're women. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Um Many more than have ever been elected at one time before. So um, I think uh, I think uh, as Sam Cooke would 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 uh, saying, a change is going to come. Well, I think it's coming. I think it's here. So um, I'm just going to read you a poem, and then we'll um, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. Let me look. Let me see which one. Mm. Oh, so many, so many to choose from. It was really fun to be part of Litquake this year. Um, hopefully next week or next year we'll be collaborating a little bit more closely with Litquake so that we can get more of the uh, writers in here beforehand to promote some of their events. Um, but it's always really, really cool uh, week long celebration of the literary arts. What is this poem? Hmm. I don't know. Here we go. It's time to get fresh. Reset the building blocks. Let the tempo settle to the beat of the street that you're now on now. Toss your pockets to air out all the bits of beauty you've collected. Sprinkle like confetti and watch the dancing reflections smile softly in satisfaction as you lie there and soak it all in and then breathe it all out again. You've been listening to the Common Thread Collective here this afternoon, and perhaps you were listening to Women's Magazine as well. The podcast are in the podcast archive on mutinyradio.fm for November 9th, 2018. We're here in the Mission District on Friday afternoons uh, here for you. Send us your music, come in person, read us some poetry, tell us about your activism and your projects, um, or just come and spend some time in community, uh, which we'll be doing for Diamond Dave's 81st birthday this coming Monday, November 12th at Adobe Books from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, we hope that you'll join uh, the festivities and um, it's always a good time because uh, as you know, 
Diamond Dave has a very special way of bringing people together. And, uh, well, we're just living in magic, folks. Uh, I know you are out there somewhere. Uh, for all the beans who've called into the show over the years, um, whether you're out there in a shining light kitchen or feeding the people out of a giant teepee, out of uh, giant soup pots that you made out of kegs, we love you. Um, whether you're, you know, delivering snowshoes to the folks uh, who were uh, who were out in uh, the the winter of North Dakota for, for Standing Rock, we love you. Um, we love Organic Valley, um, our sponsor, but they 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 help people all the time. They send truckloads of food to disaster relief efforts and. Um, it's really amazing. Um, all of the the musicians who have been through this this door and have graced our this room and, and on stage, um, sharing your you know etheric gifts uh, with the world. Um, all the poets who come in here regularly and always have something new to say and always have something bright, some sort of light to shed on onto some sort of dark matter. Um, you know the work you're doing is beautiful and. Um, we really appreciate, I really appreciate, uh, and I'm, I'm humbled and, and privileged to be a part of the, uh, the colorful tapestry that is the Common Thread Collective. Happy to be here. We'll be back on November 30th. Uh, hope you will come and join us in person. Um, follow us on Facebook. Uh, the podcasts not only are on our website, mutinyradio.fm, but also as a free podcast on iTunes. Um, thank you everyone who listens and downloads the show. Um, we're always like amazed at how many people actually listen and, and, and tune in and download our show every month. So um, we must be doing something right. And it's all also because of, of all of the amazing work that you all out there are doing. If you ever want to get in touch, find us on Facebook uh, or uh, Common Thread Collective or Women's Magazine with Global Val. Um, you can always try to call the station 415-550-0511. Send us a note, uh, Mutiny Radio 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California 94110. Uh, also on our Facebook page, uh, should be pinned to the top there. Um, you know, you can make a, it's the end of the year, so if you have a bunch of money and you're trying to hide it from the stupid federal government, not hide it, but, you know, do something better with it than, like, put it into uh, Trump's pocket. Um to, to, to spend recklessly on stupid things like walls. Um, you can make a tax deductible donation on behalf of the Common Thread Collective. We are sponsored by Media Alliance, uh, which is our 501c3 umbrella. Uh, we're happy to be uh, in, under the shelter of, of their loving, supportive tree. Um, so uh, if you check out our Facebook page, You'll see the link to Media Alliance, um, which talks more about our show. Um, and like I said, you can always make a tax-deductible donation, um, which is really awesome. And we really appreciate Media Alliance for doing that and everybody who um, is able to uh, kick in a little bit. And uh, every little bit helps keep this ship afloat. All right, peace, y'all. I'm going to play a little music for you. Uh, stay tuned. Um, we're ending a little early, but at 6 o'clock here at Mutiny Radio is the Comedy Happy Hour Open Mic. So uh, come on through for that if that's what you're into. Um, 
and Pam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse uh, will be from 8 to 10 p.m. this evening, every Friday evening. Um, so there's so many opportunities for you to be involved in Mutiny Radio, whether you just stop by and come to a show um, or if you want to perform or if you want to become a DJ. There's so many opportunities for you to do that. Um, we love to have our open door policy and and welcome in uh, new folks with, with uh, you know, cre- creative spark. It was Mark, uh, to be continued. To be hey, Val, continued. once again, doing more together than either of us can do on our own. All right, Dave. Well, we're going to be there at Adobe Books to celebrate your birthday on Monday. Well, I hope everyone else will be, too. Peace, y'all. Uh, I'll play some music. <laughs> I can do that. Um, Wendy Loomis, her album, High Tech, High Touch. This is the high touch part, I believe. If I put it in the right place. We love you.
what, everybody? Just when you thought it was all over. <laughs> the hidden track. This is the <laughs> the hidden track of E.K. Keith. Well, good to see E.K. Nice to see you, Val, on this <laughs> really smoky day in San Francisco. And it's not a 420 kind of a smoke. That's no, no. It's a California <laughs> on fire kind of a smoke. And it's really apocalyptic looking here in San Francisco. You like got, this you, morning? Oh, what? You no, know, I was going to say, you, you and I are like... Like have become such close friends that that's exactly how I started Women's Magazine today. I was that's like, not hilarious. like the hi- like hippie, like everybody's getting high kind of smoke. No, I got up this morning and the smoke was so dense. Was I was brutal. like, this this must be what sunrise in Beijing looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty. Uh, yeah, I wrote about it. Oh, nice. I did. I've been, because it's November, there are 30 days in November, so I'm writing a poem a day, like I do in all the months with 30 days. Um, So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read you, uh, I'm gonna read you this thing that I wrote today. Is it a a smoky poem? Yeah, it's, it is. It's called... Paradise is on fire. In paradise, all the houses and shops and offices and car washes and nail salons and bus stations and coffee shops and bars and restaurants and apartments are on fire. All the people are evacuated and waiting and freaking out and scared. Sometimes Californians are not so different from Hondurans fleeing. Different circumstances, same refugee conditions, except that no one is rolling out razor wire to prevent the people of paradise from getting help. Yeah. Well said, E.K. Like it doesn't exist anymore, paradise. It's not. Yeah, I think it's over. I think yeah, it's the like, whole town went up. Yeah. Yeah. That's harsh. Yeah, it's heavy. An entire town. And and there and there are fires down in Southern California now mm-hmm. too. Yep. I had a friend who who was uh, you know, was looking at the traffic ahead of her and the Pacific Coast Highway and trying to figure out what she would do. She's like, "Well, I can always run into the ocean, <laughs> but like that, I mean, she was literally like figuring out her escape plans because she was, you know, stuck uh, on the, on the ocean side of a hill that was on yeah. fire. Well, it's being pushed towards the ocean. It's pushing. Burning. The ocean. Yeah. Uh, a teacher at work this morning showed me a picture on her phone, uh, that her daughter took of the fire from Paradise. the window of their house down uh. in Southern California. And it jumped across 101, which I hate it when fire does that. That makes me so anxious. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it it's when like it crosses the fire breaks, you know? It's yeah. You think it's like, oh, well, at least maybe we've got the highway between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire fire moves, man. Fire moves. Hey, I'd love to read a couple of poems of yours, uh, E.K. Thanks, Dave. From I Ordinary like Villains. I opened up to it. One is, oh, say, can you see? They don't bury down down windows in lead lead lined caskets. Time will do. They didn't save the world, but they knew how to they knew how to have a blast. 
party until your nerd badge turns black. <laughs> like good citizens, they stood in the yard, cold beer and headshot and hot dogs, burgers on the grill, watching the rocket's red gear, the bombs bursting, the mushroom clouds, the most beautiful sunsets you can imagine, somewhere north of Las Vegas. I yoked naivete about radiation, and every A-bomb test was the 4th of July. A sparsely populated location, ideal for its prevailing easterly winds to protect the dense population of California. Years later, Tsusami hits Japan. Prevailing easterly winds bring California the fallout, the fallout, uh, the fallout uh, denied for so long. Carcinogenic and mutagenic. Something wicked this way comes. And I'll thumb a ride somewhere, but there's no place to go where the wind doesn't blow. Dave, thanks for reading that one. Oh, I was looking forward to doing just that. That one's in my my new book titled Ordinary Villains. And uh, you're going to be coming to my B-Day party. You've mentioned it a few times. You got it. Dave. And you can bring a few copies of your book and uh, have it, and uh, they can have it there at the at Adobe Bookstore. Is that right? Well, I sure am going to ask Josephine. Over well, I believe, Adobe I believe it can be done might, if she might like that. I've been meaning to go over there and and use my nice manners and my sweet smile and see if I can make that happen. And I, I think feel it can like happen. the answer will be yes, but you still have to ask. Well, come on <laughs> Monday. Come on Monday, 6 o'clock. All right. Uh, in fact, 5 o'clock will even do. Come on through. Sounds good. And it will be a two-way to be continued. And and since we're we're looking down the the barrel of 2018, um, ne- our next shows uh, we have three more shows this year, November 30th, December 14th, and December 21st. The 21st is the solstice, so yeah. let's make it a big big cool shakedown solstice show. Um, and that just means that 2019 is around the corner, and so poems under the dome. Is in April. It's coming up. Yep. We have a date for that, don't we? We sure do. It's going to be four eighteen nineteen. It's April eighteenth, twenty nineteen, at City Hall in the North Light Court from four thirty to, or excuse me, from five thirty to eight p.m. <laughs> Well, this is our 14th annual, am I right? <laughs> That's right, Dave. It's going to be our, our our 14th annual Poems Under the Dome. And I think it's going to be really good this year. But I think I say year, that right? every year. Every and year. I'm always right. You're always right. <laughs> You're always right. But maybe we'll get even more people out there. And new, we always get new voices who come into the room. Uh-huh. And uh, the kids who start the show... Blow everybody out of the water. I know it's they. I feel like they set the bar high. They do. You they know? do. I think they set the tone for the event, and I like them. Mm-hmm. Poetry's for the young and the old, and everything and the in young between. Heart. <laughs> the young heart. That's right. Well, I I am five on the inside. That's true. <laughs> right? How old would you be? Yeah. The <laughs> you know what I was doing right before I came over here? Finger painting. 
close. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> Actually, I was hanging out with like the elementary school crowd over at the Portola Library. Oh, nice. Um, and Kim Shuck was over there doing string stories. So she was... What's a string? How does that work? Well, you know cat's how cradle. you do the cat's cradle with, with your yeah. piece of string? Uh-huh. Well, there's a whole bunch of different ones, and some of them you can use to tell a story as you may, as you change the string and make different patterns. And wow. she can do really fancy stuff. Like she can make a dog run across the, the string she's got in her fingers. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Quite she can, captivating. She, yeah. She can make an alligator and uh, <laughs> a strawberry. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's neat. And I a want broom, to see this. Which, well, I said it, I thought it was a broom, but really it was a chicken foot. Same well, thing. Same, but, same. you know, it's just. Mutatis mutandis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you want a. Uh, I blood love the flower? library. Do you want a blood flower thing? Yeah. You do, really? Uh, yes. Oh, really? Okay. Um, a sonnet? Sure. Oh, yeah, those I like. A okay, lot. let's see what I can dig up. Random sound. Random image. Random sound and random image. That's what litters the back streets and the side streets of a land that learned how to dream a little too late. Cosmic upheavals in the sidewalk, they cradle tiny empires made of bone. Their inhabitants dwell in dimly lit rooms and bow to warm corners. They're seeking warmth from the corners where it rests at times. They are, they're like actively seeking a new Jerusalem that will rise out of the gold dust made of Chinese steel and empty paper gestures. It's so simple and so black and white, even the common pilgrim forgets how to uh, deal with the utility of futility. It's a fissure. It's a blank space. It's a torn seam that's splitting. It's uh, a dark, dark cavern. It's a birth defect. It's 98 wounds. This is where the falling sickness is born, laying hands on the foreheads of mad dog warlords. Notice how the fields and the gardens are filling with blood and discarded seedlings. Notice how the veins are violet and blue and they're fit to burst, outright mocking the face of vanity. Thank you. That's uh, the utility of futility, man. That's heavy. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what an excellent hidden track we've been able to you you both you've brought both of you have brought Thanks to the Common Thread Collective this fine Friday. Little radio November. Easter egg. Happy to contribute. Great to see you all. Oh, Dave. We even get tapestry. 
cast in a spell, cast away sailors on a diamond hard sea, a mother's cry in the southern breeze, dancing sideways down the ribbon of time, the path they had lit by the echo behind. Right. Alright, Dave. Do you get one of these? Way to be Diamond D. Do you get one? EK, Blood Flower. Peace, y'all. Peace. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Don't forget it.
if someone else made this song, but he wanted us to play. This is a little youngster. Yeah. He's a 14-year-old kid, lives in the mission. He's a cool dude. And uh, he wanted us to play this. Uh, also, I'm sure that hopefully there aren't children listening to the show, but if there are parents listening to the show and you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, I'm starting a new after-school program for kids, junior high-aged uh, boys and girls, to have their own podcast on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I can take four kids each day. It's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday from four to six, so I can have a maximum of eight kids uh, during the uh, three months. So it's 12 classes, 300 bucks. So it's kind of it's a steal. It's 25. It's basically 12.50 an hour for me to hang out with your junior hire. Uh, so that they won't get into trouble and we'll be making some art and stuff. So, hey, if you're out there and you want to, it's it's a steal, actually. Uh, but here is the iPhone remix thing that he wanted me to play. us some cool weird music sweet um speaking of cool things we're gonna watch allison hooker's uh set here from the punchline she just applied to the mutiny radio comedy festival so let's check this out ladies and gentlemen allison hooker my 
Lopez. Yeah, it took me a little longer to find the funny in it. They tease me. They tease me so much that my gym teacher gave me new clothes and she was like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. So I wrote The Hooker. Are you kidding? I was loving the sexual attention. I was cruising around like wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Now I wear a padded bra to support the nipples that have come in. I'm waiting. I, uh, I was actually trying to like smack my titties on a guy's face the other night. It's not even the joke yet. I broke his nose on my chest. So. But in my defense, he's Arab, so he's got like quite a nose. the wrong way on <laughs> So Punchline, round of applause for coming out uh, for yourselves when you could be protesting. <laughs> Couple reasons. The last protest I was at, I saw a sign that said Black Lives Matter. Then I saw another sign that said clean water is important. I was like, God damn, we're really breaking it down for people, aren't we?
to me. They just feel nostalgic, you know? Just move, bitch! Get out of the way! I'm like, oh! Excited that um, Allison Hooker applied. Um, that's super cool because I, I didn't, I didn't think that she. I don't know. There's a lot of people in the scene that, like, I don't know why everyone's not applying. I mean, I'm like, because for, for me, I'm like, give me your ten bucks, just apply. Give me ten bucks. But then more than that, you know, I want people to want to get in. But this year's going to be super tough because. There is a caliber of people that are applying. Here's 10 bucks. Oh, here's that. <laughs> yeah! See how that works? The caliber Magic. of people applying, Latoya saw last week, Kevin Monroe is yeah. awesome. Andy Picaro is They're like awesome a amazing. headliner. That Ivan Garcia guy was so polished. Hunter Donaldson is coming back. So, like, there's this... And so what the, the thing that's hard for me is that, and thank God Steve Poggi is coming because he's sort of going to be my, and Jonathan helps too. And you, you've been, Latoya obviously has been helping tremendously because I have no idea when I start watching 10 of these in a row, I, I can't tell what I think is funny, what other people think are funny. And then I've, when I've watched them a few times, I'm like, is this funny? Right. And it, cause like yeah. there's, there's different funny for different people. Right. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're not getting the same kind of funny because you're just going to have repetition. Well, I don't you, want either. You I don't got to get criteria. Well, I don't want any, yeah, I need a rubric. I don't want any like hacky stuff. But the other thing is that when you're watching someone's five to 10 minutes, you're, I'm judging on whether I think that they can do 30 plus minutes of different material over five, five days. days. So this, now this happened last year and I was, I, I only made a couple, there were only, I think two on the whole festival that I was like, eh, I probably shouldn't have chosen them <laughs> because they did the same set multiple times. And I was like, you're on a festival with different themes. You get over 30 minutes total. Why would you, and it's recorded. Why would you ever do the same set twice? It's it's tough to know everything about everybody. I mean, it's uh, if I may relate it to sports, being the man in the room, uh, it's it's like pitching. Some people are starters, some people are mid people, some people are closers. Sure, and sure. Like you know, a guy might have you know one killer set and nothing else. Right. And other people are better at just like riffing or just they got funny bones. So no matter what they're talking about, you're laughing. Sure. You sure. Know. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, there is a thing with with funny that's like I see how that would get laughs it's not funny well there's also people that there's people that are like you Matthew Quirk are a serious joke writer you write your script by the way, have jokes. I won't force you to uh, uh, play mine and judge it here. I'll let oh, that no, happen. Oh, no, no, no. I'll let that happen the, in the mystery the, of the... the yeah, uh, well, yeah. we do. We've been watching some of them on the Altcast because it's, it's, it's twofold. One, it gives stuff so that we don't have to talk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's an opportunity during the month of November to sort of see what the submissions are because it's it's overwhelming at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. We've had... I've had, like... 
I'm, I'm, 85 submissions now and there's still out. a couple days that I just got three more today I can only relate this back in the day I used to be a big time drug weed person mm. and uh, we get invited to judge you know harvest contests sure sure how the hell do you judge you know oh, and you gotta right. you gotta start coming with criteria and be like even though you can't tell how high it gets you because you're smoking another one right right, 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 right. Yeah. that you gotta sort of like develop a system to recognize like do I feel this initial thing do I feel well, the other you know, problem is, is that the material itself, I'm biased to. Yeah. There's the girl from uh, Louisiana who gets up on stage and she's like, I moved to, I moved to New Orleans because I'm a drunk. And all of her jokes are about being an alcoholic. I'm laughing my ass off because she's like doing she's, jokes that are funny for she me. She speaks to you. It's relatable. Right. Yeah. For me, it's totally relatable. You're her target audience. Exactly. And it's the same thing when there's somebody with like all cat jokes. I'm like, I love now, does it mean it's fun? It means I love it. Cat jokes might fall flat in some arenas. Wait, right, well, right. I actually have a show on the festival called Cats, Cats, Cats and Other Animal Material. And it's all just jokes about animals. And they, I just want people to do all animal-centric material. Because I have 10 minutes on my cat. I have 10 minutes about masturbating with my cat and loving my cat and my life with my cat. I have a full 10. And I'm sure there are other women or men. I'd love it. There's a crazy cat guy. Like Steve Poggi has some cat jokes, but I, I mean I I love cats, but so that's the problem is that I don't if, if somebody. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat.
Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at MuniRadio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
station. We're actually under the free comedy section. Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. Let's watch full length on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) How exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for Everyday Conversations on Race with Everyday People. With Sima Lieberman, Everyday People, talking about race every week. Different everyday people talking about race. On Tuesdays, 10 o'clock, it's Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. 
meditate. It'll heal you. Then, at noon, stick around. Sergio Novoa brings you my limited view. Talking about all things from his perspective. Then, on Thursdays, from 8 to 10, it's time for Beyond Your Comprehension with Clem. Exciting new shows here at Mutiny Radio. Also, the IC Podcast. That's the Imprint City Podcast. Coming soon. MutinyRadio.fm. New shows. You can have one, too. Contact director at MutinyRadio.fm to find out more details. And check us out at MutinyRadio.fm. <laughs> 